Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Can you imagine being in heaven? And we get there by doing good works. Can you imagine what heaven would be like? Actually, it would be like hell pretty soon. Here's what it would be like. You get up there. You made it? Really? You made it? God. Where's God? You made it? I'm way better than you. Well, prove it. Well, I did that. Oh, Lord, help us. Aren't you glad it's not going to be like that? Who did it? Who's going to be worshipped? Me or God? God. Many people complain these days that the legal system is weighted in favor of those with privilege, whether that be race, financial status, or inside connections. It's understood that when men create the standard, that corruption inevitably seeps in. So why would anyone expect it to be any different if men create religious systems? How do you decide who's right and who gets into heaven? Pastor Mark will be teaching about the alternative to man-based religion the objective standard of God's Word. You'll learn how it alone provides answers to how men can please God and get into His kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Truth About All of Us. Let us hear your lessons We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. Now, we don't like to laugh at that because it's true. Can you imagine being in heaven and we get there by doing good works? Can you imagine what heaven would be like? Actually, it'd be like hell pretty soon. Here's what it'd be like. You get up there. You made it? Really? You made it? God. Where's God? You made it? I'm way better than you. Well, prove it. Well, I did that. Oh, Lord, help us. Aren't you glad it's not going to be like that? Who did it? Who's going to be worshipped? Me or God? God. Because it's not of my doing. You get it. Now, go on. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. Both. So that verse says it's all about me. It's all about God. Do you have it? It's not about me. It's always all about God. I think that's so powerful to read that because it kind of hits us where we're at. Now, here's what I wrote. You may want to write this down. From beginning to end, salvation is only by the grace of God. Now, I want you to say with me two words, and I want you to say them like the words are. I'll give you the two words. Danger. (laughs) Danger. 
And the next word is wrong. Wrong. Come on, let's go. Danger. Come on, everybody. Danger. Wrong. Wrong. Now watch me. Many people think that becoming a Christian, that's the end. Here's the way that works. Pastor Mark, I can be saved by grace? Absolutely. That works? Absolutely. Okay, I accept the Lord. I repent. I believe. I'm saved. I'm born again. Amen. Good. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Ticket punched. I'm on my way to heaven. Now what do I do? I don't need to do anything because I'm going to heaven. Forget it. Is that right or? What was the other word? Is it dangerous to believe that? Yeah, it is. Because you're going to see in a moment, if there's no proof that God changed me, I have not been changed. Danger. Hmm? Danger. That's dangerous. It's wrong. You have wrong thinking. Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? I'll show you. I thought you said it wasn't my works. Oh, it isn't. But watch what happens. Now, people who have that ticket and just basically why they say, I have my ticket stamp. Here it is. I was saved on this day. And now I'm going to live like I want to live. No, that's not the way it works. When you become a follower of Christ, you are no longer owning your life. It's been given to God. And I do the will of God, which is the most exciting thing in all the world. So understand what happens with this. And I'm going to show you from the scripture what that looks like. That thought is like people read the passage we read. We just read verses 8 and 9. These people that believe, that's it. I'll go to church whenever I need to. I'll be at Sebastian once in a while. I'll be at Vera once in a while. Pastor Mark, I'll drop by here at Calvary once in a while in Melbourne. It's a great thing. I'm going to be a very good moral person, but pretty much I'm just doing my own thing. See, those people think that this chapter stops with verse 9. Is there a verse after 9? What verse is that? You didn't say that very excitingly. <laughs> is there a verse 10? Let me ask you a question. Does 10 come after 9? Good math people. You guys are fantastic. Of course it does. So what does that mean? Let's just picture this as salvation over here. When you got saved, how did you get saved? By grace or your works? Grace. Totally. Stamped. That's it. Let's read verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do, uh uh-oh, good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, look at the message in this part. This is incredible. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Here's what I want you to write. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. 
Now understand what I'm talking about. Let's watch it. And I'll explain what good works are in a moment. Here I am. I'm repenting. I'm believing. I'm asking Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my life. That was done by either grace or works. Which one? Grace. 100% grace or 50-50? 100%. grace. Don't deserve any of it. It's a gift. Have to receive it. Okay? Now, the person over here says, I'm done. I'm finished. Praise God. I'm safe. Stamp. Is that right? Now, what was the word I asked you to say? Wrong. Is that dangerous? Very dangerous. Why? Because you have to understand, I was created then to do good works for God, to make God look good. I was created to do that. So you have to understand, here's grace. Here's works. Get them in the right order. Ten comes after nine and eight. You can't have works mixed in with salvation. But afterward, it isn't the end. It is just the beginning of a walk of a Christian. The world is wrong. Many churches are wrong. It's never about our works. Now, understand where's our role come from? Where's that principle come from? Well, it comes from Jesus. Let me read you. Luke writes this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit power and how he went around doing good. See, my role model is Jesus. The scripture says in Romans 8, 29, for God knew his people in advance and chose them to become like his son. In life, there's only some things God can do. Only God can save me. I can't save myself. But then the good works, God doesn't do the good works. I do the good works with God's help. And so you have to understand what that looks like. When you see that, It should be simple to you. We have five core commitments from the Bible. I want you to see this one. Commit to be a growing follower of Christ. See, it's not by coming to church, sitting here, having a Bible, dropping by once a month or every week. No, it's outside of here. The works. Jesus went around doing good. It's the works, and I'll share with you in a moment what that looks like. Now, look down at verse 10 again in your Bible. Look at the last line in verse 10. Which God prepared in advance for us. What are the last two words? To do. So who is that? That's you. That's every single Christian. Here's what you want to write down. If you get this, you understand that God's purpose, his plan for you, which was done before the world was created. He has works for all of us to do. We're all different. We're all unique. We have different talents, but we're all to be working to make him look good. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Obeying God by doing good works is the proof of our salvation. Jesus would say in the book of Matthew, show me the fruit of of your repentance. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I sinned. I'm so sorry I've been a sinner all my life. I accept you as Jesus Christ. And right back, two days later, to the same lifestyle. Is there any real change? No, there's no contrast. It's exactly the same. Let me give you a quick illustration. When you think about good works, we should think about God. And then you should think about, of course, Jesus, who was a man like us, and yet he was still fully God. One day, the Jewish leaders 
who are big into works, keeping the law. They brought a woman caught in the act of adultery. And they brought her to Jesus on the southern steps. And the woman was going to be stoned to death. That's what they did. And Jesus happened to be there with her. And so the guys are getting ready to stone her. And Jesus said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. You that are without sin. And they always thought, we're holy, baby. We keep the law. Jesus said this to them. The first one of you without sin, throw the first stone. And what do we hear? Drop, drop, drop. They walked away. And Jesus turned to the woman. She thought she's going to be dead by now. Where are your accusers? She looks up. There's nobody with stones. And here's what Jesus said. Neither do I condemn you. Have a nice life. Is that what he said? What did he say? Go and what? He said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Well, that's impossible. Same for you and me. What did he mean by sin no more? Leave the lifestyle of committing constant adultery with men. Leave it. Leave it. Fruit of your real repentance. Now, would she still sin? Sure, lots of ways. Lying, stealing, cheating, not doing the right thing. Just like we all do. But leave that lifestyle. That proves that our salvation is really real. Do you get it? There's a change that has to happen in our lives. Now, let me just ask you to write this down. God has a daily work plan for every one of us. See, as we walk in life, we're walking a lifestyle. We're simply walking a lifestyle. That really, verse 10, means this. To walk, to walk with God. That walk doesn't mean just walk. It's a relationship that we're doing. Now look, as we walk with God, he begins to have open doors for us. We don't plan our lives. We discover our lives by walking with God. Now, our motive for doing good works, and I'll give you five in a moment, just really quickly. Here's the motive. Our motive for good works is to make God look good. Our world either doesn't believe in God or they think God is angry, mad. When you serve God, there's no fun. There's no excitement in life. It's exactly the opposite. When I'm in the will of God, when you're doing what God wants, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. And when you see that happening, what does that good work look like? Let me give you five. There's lots, but these are just examples. What's a good work I can do for God? Number one, I can love God and I can love my neighbor. That's a commandment from God. If I'm going to make God look good, I'm going to love him. I'm going to put him first, not second. I fail in that quite often. A couple of years ago when I was really sick, God came to me and said, really? You're a pastor. You've been doing great. But sometimes I'm second and third. You're putting your own plans first. And that was in the middle of the night. And I had to say to God, you're exactly right. I got up, put it in my journal. I still look at my journal. Because it's very easy for me to put me first before God. How are you doing? See, seek his kingdom first. Everything's added to us. It's a good thing for us. Same with my neighbor. 
I can love a good neighbor. Anybody have a neighbor across the street, down the way? Music's a little loud from time to time. Always park their car where you can't back out of your driveway. I'm talking about the real world. Well, where do you live, Pastor Mark? Right with you. Right with you. Number two, know the word and do the word. You see, knowing the word is a deception from Satan. He doesn't care if you could quote the word from beginning to end as long as you don't do it. But what good is that? It's useless. You know, all those years as a pharmacist, director in the pharmacy, you give people their medicine. I didn't do that too much in, in the hospital, obviously, because that's more of the retail. But you go to a room and you give the patient their medicine and the nurse walks out. They don't do that anymore. Because when they walked out, what's the patient do? And they go back and the blood pressure is still high and all that. See, they know what it's for. But if you don't obey and take the medicine, you're not cured. How stupid is that? So I'm reading the word of God. Well, Pastor Mark, I got it now. Work comes after salvation. Thank you so much. I got the principle down perfect. What are you going to do with it? Well, I really don't know, but I got the principle. No, it's not the principle. It's the actual doing. Know the word. Do the word. Number three, be salt and light. Now, what does that mean? Jesus says this, you're the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So salt means this. I'm not going to be obnoxious, but I'm going to try to salt purifies. Does our world need any purification? (laughs) Are you kidding me? If you watch television, if you watch us stuff and you read stuff, we look at the government and what's happening in our governments all over the world. People are dishonest. They've been lying forever. They're cheating. They're abusing people like crazy. And there's no honesty happening from top to bottom. People stealing money. And, all. and you know, we raise our kids. What kind of a life is that? So we have to go by this. We're not going to be perfect, but we sure can be honest and open in our lives. People of, you won't hear this word much anymore. People of character that match what we say. Not perfect, but real close. Well, if I lose that and I become just like the world, salt goes on the street, just walk on it. It's useless. But in those days, when they saw Jesus, they saw the disciples, they noticed that his lifestyle was different. Oh, he wasn't condemning. He was loving But he kept the word. He never diluted the word of God. You got me? He never diluted it. He just said it with love. Second, we're to be light. Let me read you what Jesus says. You are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain glowing in the night to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. When you become a believer, the light of Christ came in you. He's the light of the world. Outside of Christianity, everybody, understand what I'm talking about spiritually, is living in the dark. When you go on home and your wife changes the furniture and you get up in the middle of the night 
to go to the potty. And the next thing your wife hears, ah, what did you just run into? Something she moved that you never saw before. You broke your big toe. And I say that with a funny thing, but I want you to understand this. The world is clueless about how to live. They're living in the dark. Who's going to shine the light and show them the way? You and me. That's one of the greatest works we can ever have. Notice what Jesus said. You, Christian, Christ follower, are the light of the world. I have the answer. They don't have it. And the last part of that verse is shine so they can see the good works of God. It's not about me. When's the last time you shined when God opened the door with an unbeliever in your neighborhood, at your work, in the school, on the ball field? See, don't hide it. We are the only ones that have the answer. We are the only ones that have it. Two more. Be fruitful. Jesus says it like this in John 15. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. That simply means this. A person that witnesses the fruit of witnessing people coming to Christ. There'll be people coming to Christ in this service, like all of our services. Whether it's one or many, they're coming to Christ. And they come because the word of God goes forth. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on people saying to them, wow, I'm dead. I need to get right with God. Second, godly character like we talked about. Giving to God. I'm generous. Jesus was generous. He was always giving. His disciples were generous. And another big one, praise. The fruit of my lips. See, if I'm talking about God, not weirdly, but if I'm talking about God and I'm just saying to people, man, serving God is just an amazing lifestyle. It's difficult, but I have God with me. Nothing's impossible with God. That's praising God. And last, making a disciple. Do you understand what making a disciple is? Many people who sit here after they're saved, stamped, they're a maybe convert. But a disciple is a lifelong learner under discipline, becoming more and more and more like Jesus Christ. Will I ever get there? Never. But I can become more and more and more. Let me challenge you this morning. Are you doing the works that God has already prepared for you to do? Be sensitive. Be open to God. Make God look good in every one of your ways. Remember, that's the motive. The motive is not, okay, I'll have to do it. That isn't the motive. How much has God done for you? He took you from where? Death to life. You didn't have a thing to do with it except to receive the gift. To God be the glory. Amen. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that you had zero, nada, nothing to do with your salvation. It was all done by God. That's good because now you don't have to be tempted to be proud of what you did to earn your salvation. You did find out that you do have a responsibility, and that is to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through you so that you can become as much like Jesus as possible. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Sadly, this brings us to the end of this teaching, The Truth About All of Us. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the message, All Christ Followers Have Peace, Oneness, Unity, and Open Access to God. Pastor Mark will contrast the Jewish system of Paul's time and the new sect of Christianity and show how God began to fulfill through Christianity some of what he wanted to do in Judaism. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Blessed. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.